Hello and welcome back to Self-Care with Dr. Sarah. The subject of today's episode is body image. And unlike a lot of the topics where Sarah R. and I jointly brainstorm them, this is one that Sarah R. really brought to the table. And I thought maybe we could start with you saying why that was, Sarah. Yeah, I think for me, it's just something that has come up a lot in the past year, especially. And when I've talked more with close friends, I found that nearly everyone has some body image anxiety. And, and this is just something that, you know, I know that in my own life has played a role, um, especially when I was younger, but has persisted to this day. And, and I think it's like the imposter syndrome. We all think that we're the only ones that have it. <laughs> and only our problems are real problems, you know, and that if we, if we looked like, you know, if I looked like Sarah B, I wouldn't have my body image problems, you know, and it's, it's, it's very, it's just something that I feel is so common and. I think we don't talk about it enough in our society, and it's just something that I've thought about a lot over the last year. Let's start with, um, it just occurred to me, Sarah, and I remembered, let's start with like a funny introduction to how we perceive others versus how we perceive ourselves, and it's one of my happiest memories with you, <laughs> it's one of my happiest <laughs> memories with you, where I think you were still in grad school, and I was like living in Boston for a while, I think. I don't think I was... No, you you were still in grad school. Is this the one Faye yeah. skipping handhold story? You were also a grad student then. This is years ago. This is like six or seven years ago, I okay, think. Okay, okay. Well, irregardless, time. irregardless. Yeah. Um, so, so we were at an astronomer party at a mutual friend, Professor Wenfei Fong's house. Currently Professor <laughs> Wenfei Fong's house. We were all students at the time. We were having a lot of soju. I'll say it, soju yeah. and lychee juice. It's just like out of, it was an out of control situation. So a lot of people, normally behaved people, kind of filed into the, <laughs> into the living room to watch a movie. And Sarah R and I found ourselves in the kitchen, just like really shrieking at each other that the other was prettier. <laughs> No, I mean, you're it's, the it's true. Sarah B's the prettiest. You're the prettier one. You're the and it was like really loud too. It was really loud, and um, we were maybe being disruptive. And eventually, we um, we left. And Sarah, you had to go to the bus stop, or I did. And so mm. we were like, we should just skip, and what we should hold hands. We were like really beyond. I think sobriety, yes, yes. sobriety. And it was like, why do we always hold hands? We just skipped to the bus stop together. What a, what a heartwarming story of like mutual admiration anyway. But at the heart of that story too, is a very genuine feeling of like, no, you are the attractive one. You, you are. And then we shrieked it at each other. <laughs> we both still have this same thought because I really believe that Sarah B is, is the prettier one. And I'm sure that our listeners will agree with me because I view it as an like objective fact. It's so and, funny you know, say. it's just... That's so funny to me. And I'm like, who, when we're walking down the street, who do people look at? Do they look at me who looks like an old shoe? Or do they look at you with the, the statuesque blonde with the perfect bone structure? No, you tell me... <laughs> <laughs> you tell me, Sarah. An old shoe? An old shoe? <laughs> I, A, we've often had this conversation. I hate my profile. 
And I don't, and I've equally paid attention now when we're walking down the street and I disagree with the, the quote unquote objective assessment of who's looking at who of us. That is not true (laughs) that people are looking at me more than you. That's just not true. And, and like, you're gorgeous. I just don't understand it. And it's like, also, I think I told you like dating back to even before I knew you, when um, I first was a grad student, like I remember you as being like very, um, what's the word? I don't know. Just like I, I striking, like catching, and that like stuck with me. You know, between the time when I was a perspective to when I started my my first uh, year there. So you know, it's just funny how we view ourselves is very different from how other people view us, and also, you know, even how our friends view us. I think it's true, and it. It was one of the notes that I made um, going into the podcast today, um, like thoughts that I have around this issue. And one of them is like in a horror movie, the quote unquote, the call is coming from inside the house. (laughs) (laughs) It's true that we receive a bombardment of messages about the quote unquote correct type of body to be in and the incorrect body to be in. And... I think as as time goes on, they become so internalized that they become, I'll say, resistant to positive outside influence in contrast, you know? So mm-hmm. um, they become, like, so insistent that, like, you could tell me, Sarah R., you could tell me a thousand times that you think that I'm striking, and it doesn't, at some level, it's like Teflon, you know? It's like, because the feeling of inadequacy or the feeling of like um, discomfort or irritation or like the variety of of spectrum of feelings I have about my body. It's just the call is coming from inside the house, like a horror movie. And for that reason, the relief too must come from inside the house, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, which doesn't mean that it's not like extremely pleasant to be told that you're found striking, you know, or it feels like really nice, Mm -hmm. but it lasts momentarily. An hour will go mm. by and I'll feel the same way, you know. Um, mm. And so it lasts for like a moment. And it makes me feel like um, the, for that reason, um, just complimenting one another is insufficient. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Um, because it's so deeply personal. Yeah. Um, I think it's also like, Adrian, I was talking to Adrian today about our, you know, feelings of unworthiness, mm-hmm. and she said something that I think is relevant here, where she said, you can tell me, I, it's like a stain on my heart, and you can try to scrub it away, but it's not, ne- like, and you can help it, you can lessen it, but it's never going to fully go away, you know, that, that feeling of, you know, being unattractive or unworthy of someone's affection or whatever, and, and I think it's, yeah, like you said, it's, words it helps you know it's flattering and and whatnot but it's something like deeply stained on our on each of our self images you know that that it doesn't just it's resistant what i was thinking about since you brought up adrian is also that what we're talking about with respect to body image isn't necessarily body dysmorphia although those yeah. like venn diagrams definitely overlap so when maybe our our listeners are are hearing us and thinking body image is one thing um if you are like a cisgendered person etc and it is like another thing entirely 
in this like other set of circumstances. So it would be right. like maybe helpful to articulate that like a little bit. Um, what we're talking about is this particular variety experienced by Sarah R and myself, um, but not yeah. necessarily everybody. And um, yeah. yeah, very, very true though. Adrian and I were talking about it. We were talking more about it from the sense of feeling unworthiness, yeah. like different from body image, but. Oh, unworthiness. It, right, right, right. You know, yeah, so it, that is maybe a, a separate a separate podcast topic for a future date. But the um, the sense of body image, yeah, it, it does present differently, but it's, I just, everyone I talk to has something with yeah, it. Yeah, you know, truly. And, and that is really striking to me because I feel like we're all battling this alone in our own little internal minds, thinking kind of like the imposter syndrome that we're the one true person that is only one who has this sort of thing. And, and I've just been surprised, especially because of the people that I know and have talked to recently that have body image issues. They're some of my most attractive friend group. You know, it's like, it's amazing to me that it's like, but everyone is so objectively attractive. You know, how, how is this so prevalent? I feel the same way. I'm not really. Yeah, I feel the same way. I think it's, well, it, it's hard to say. So I, I happen to think like almost everyone has really attractive qualities to them. People in my life, I would say that I like know and I interact with. Um, mm-hmm. And that goes like, that goes like, especially for women. Um, mm-hmm. I think like are just have like a very individual and particular beauty, which is just mm-hmm. like radiant, like much of the time to mm-hmm. me. So also it's hard for me to say whether it's like more or less like on this spectrum of like attractiveness to me certainly they seem to emulate um, a magnetic quality that like mm-hmm. for some would be attractiveness or and to me most of the time it's just like friend magnetism or whatever but it does mm-hmm. it seems to come from all of those people which mm-hmm. is I like agree with what you're saying where you're kind of like but you but how could that be you have like a magical aura <laughs> <laughs> But uh, you clearly have, like, a magical aura. Like, how could it be? Even looking at, like, a person's eyes for, like, very long, they're just, like, so stunning. But, of course, like, none of this applies to me. (laughs) Yes, right, right, yeah, of course. But but, but for others, I find myself, um, it's, like, very easy for me to see, which is, I guess, sets up what you're you're saying, which is, like, a very imposter syndrome dynamic. Where you're like, you? But you have imposter syndrome? But how could that be? You have X, Y, Z. Four prize fellowships. Four prize fellowships, she'll say, (laughs) as a tape recorder, like, over and over. (laughs) It's going to be written on Um, your grave, Sarah. It's going to be written on your grave. And yet yet it can be. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I I, I mean, it's what we focus on. And and as you have said with your own body image issues and my self-eyes, my profile, it's like your neck or whatever we harp harp on about. (laughs) But it's like, that's not how someone sees you. They're not looking and staring at your profile all day long. And even if they were, I have like a real issue with just like my neck shape. That sounds nuts, I know. I I just, I really, I really. And your neck is like a totally normal neck. And I mean, so to me, I look at this and, and, and I'm just like, I don't even understand how you're having these thoughts because it's just objectively like within the bell curve of normal. Next, I don't know how you, know? you look at me even like you maintain, <laughs> you look at me for so long and I'm just like, how do I not just like chase you away? <laughs> 
And this is why it's so laughable. And it's very much like the imposter syndrome. Because to me, I'm like, I don't understand. I just don't understand how, you know, I can't remember what else you had. What was it? It was in some interview that you were talking about. And you're like, but weren't you just distracted by, what was oh, it? Oh, no, Something it was my eyebrows. Eyes? My or, eyebrows, yeah. Your eyebrows. No, they're like so expressive <laughs> and I like hate it. Yeah, and I was like, how can you bear to look at me? <laughs> I can't, when you see yourself on camera, it's like a whole other thing. When you see yourself like on being filmed or like in a picture, you're like, I can't believe that that's how I, I like am in the world. You know, yes, this, and this can't be so. I was, I watched it and I didn't think one second about the eyebrows. <laughs> And you didn't believe me. No, I I'm didn't. pretty I didn't sure you did it. not believe no, me. You're like, no, you're just being my friend. And I'm like, truly, <laughs> honestly, Sarah, it never crossed my mind. I like, I didn't even know you had a thing about your eyebrows. But this is like yet another, another case where it was. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's always so surprising to me. And so I think, so what I wanted to talk about, one of the things I wanted to talk about was a potential cure, shall we say, okay. for body image, or at least the thing that I found the most, um, successful in my own life and and also in having some friends who've had the same experience they've all commented that it was helpful and you Sarah also have some great resources too and and one of them is just like seeing naked bodies Mm -hmm. um I think is like the single best thing for for this because um yeah we just we're only fed like in our media and pictures and movies these highly curated and touched up bodies. And even if they're not touched up, like their whole job is to look beautiful. It's a, you know, that's a different life and that's not representative of normal human experience. And so the thing that helped me the most, cause I used to have a real strong feeling of like just not being attractive and it, it still has some persistence to this day, but especially was really strong uh, in my early twenties and, and teenage years and then there was a, one of the most spontaneous things I ever did was I, um, I have a, a friend uh, who's nudist, who's a nudist and lives in a nudist colony part-time. And I had a dream about that friend uh, that I was running naked through this nudist colony. This was my dream. <laughs> okay. True, true story. True story. I was in grad school and um, I woke up. And I booked a ticket to go visit her that day, like leaving an hour later. Basically, I called her as soon as I woke up, like nine in the morning on a Saturday. I'm like, I want to come visit you. It's been a while. And I see a flight. It's like $250. I will arrive in like four hours. Can you pick me up from the airport? And she's like, sure, come, you know. (laughs) And she's like, you don't need to pack much. So (laughs) basically... Basically, I showed up to the airport with, like, nothing, you know, just, like, a little carry-on backpack and went for, you know, two and a half days uh, to visit my friend, and it was in a news colony, and, you know, you just see so many naked bodies so quickly that you quickly are aware that there is such a diversity of what people look like, and, and no one looks like what we, we see in pictures and movies. You know, there's just, and it really normalized my own body and the things that I don't like about my own body. I was like, but everyone, we're, this is just human. This is like how we look. And it really helped in a fundamental way to shift how I view myself and also how I view other people because it just, you know, you see the whole person and it's not hidden behind, you know, a certain type of clothes, a certain style of clothes or dress or 
makeup or or whatever. It's just it's just there, and and that was really powerful to me. And and I've talked talked to several other people who've described the exact same experience and having either gone to a nudist event. One of one was a a guy friend of mine who joined like a nudist volleyball team, and that is what helped him with his body image issues over the years. So it varies ways in, in stories that I've heard from people, but it seems to be a common thread that just getting more association <laughs> with, with the natural you know, is, is really helpful. And, and that was something that I, ne- I de- necessarily wouldn't have thought to do on my own. I'm into that, Sarah. What a cool thing. I bet it's not only because you're of the sheer exposure to bodies. It's because when you're interacting with someone you're interacting with them in a way that you can see like their entire form. And so it's no longer also necessarily like in a sexualized way that you're like perceiving nakedness. Instead, it's like, oh, this body entire is just like associated with this person in day-to-day interaction, you know, In (laughs) in a way that would kind of remind you of the value of the intrinsic value of a body in just like moving a person through their life. Yeah. Allowing them to interact with, with people that are interesting to them or move hither and yon <laughs> to things <Yeah>. that, they, <laughs> that they like. Um, I think that's really, that's cool. I like that idea, Sarah. I was into that. Yeah. The, so the, my news friend, she said, well, it gives seeing you a whole new meaning was her, yeah, was her always. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then... <laughs> But also, yeah, it was interesting because in this nudist colony, it's a family-friendly nudist colony. There was children, there was teenagers, there was older people, there was middle-aged people. You know, there was just everyone. And it was, yeah, it was very, you look at someone, you identify things differently. I think we tend to identify people primarily by facial features. And we have then this hyper-focus on that in our world where we're otherwise changing our clothes every day. And at the nudist colony... They remarked that actually when they see people outside the nudist colony, say at the grocery store, sometimes they don't recognize them because the cues are all different. You know, you're, and it's not that you're just, you see the whole body at once kind of, and you, you recognize people in a fundamentally different way, you know, after, I mean, that's, I don't know. It's just, it's just an interesting thing, which I recommend every single person do. And I know that most people, when I mention this, the people who've already done it are fully on board and have the same, <laughs> yes, this is a healthy, positive thing. I also was nervous going into it, and it was great. But then most people that haven't, you know, they're like, oh, but I would be too anxious or nervous. And trust me, you get over it within, like, two minutes. It's really, wow. it's not as scary as you think because so quickly you're, like I said, it's just, it gets normalized so fast. And I think that's something that, yeah, it's like, it's ironic that, you know, we're the most anxious about this, which means that we're less likely to do it. But I think it's the best effective strategy against it. You know, yeah. Those feelings. Um, I like, similarly, like when I was living in Japan and going to a bath, although you just came back from Japan, Sarah. So maybe you yes. also like have this experience yeah. of going to like a public bath. Yeah. That was cool, too, because it wasn't like necessarily in a locker room. So I would say locker room bodies that I've been exposed to, they skew toward younger Mm-hmm. Yes. Whereas at this like public bath, it was a lot of like younger women helping older women who maybe were their grandmas or moms, or aunts mm-hmm. or something, or maybe just friends. Mm-hmm. Um, all the way down to like very young girls, and yeah. so it was like a real variety. Like not only within yeah. a certain age bracket, but um, like all different ages too. I was like so yeah. into that, and even yeah. the little taste of that. 
Um, and it was also like deeply normal. It wasn't even like people were mm -hmm. just like hurrying to change. It was like, no, this mm -hmm. is where you just like hang out for the day um, yeah. and take your time, yeah. etc. Yeah, I was just in the onsens every single day I was in Japan. Because oh, <laughs> um, I love hot water. But anyway, so these onsens, I had the same experience. It was, for me, you saw all ages, you saw all sorts of different bodies. And, and it was young, you know, from young to old. And yeah, it was very... Uh, helpful to 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 just be in that environment again and see those bodies again it kind of gave me the same thoughts that I had before it was kind of like a top-up from from my previous experience of the, <laughs> of the news colony so let's say listener uh that this is something that interests you and you're like interested in this idea but you're not sure of the location of your nearest nudist colony or you have like conflicted feelings or you're also not living in Japan or near a bath a public bath well, how might you approximate some of these feelings? Well, let me tell you about <laughs> one of my... Sarah, Sarah B. has resources for you. <laughs> I, love, I love websites. And I also love um, purposefully following people on Instagram, like body, body positive Instagram accounts or Instagram accounts of people whose bodies look like mine, but they're in some kind of capacity as like a model or something where the, most of the comments on the person's images are positive. Mm -hmm. And then I can kind of feel like by proxy, I feel mm -hmm. praised or whatever I mm -hmm. like feel. But it's like a very like private activity. No one's like personally praising me. But I feel like, oh, yeah. because I kind of look like this person or I'm this person's shape, I too am like worthy mm -hmm. of admiration, you know, or, or whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, so the first website I was going to say is called mybodygallery.com, which I've been to where you can actually put in your height and your weight um or your clothing size i think or or maybe your like shirt and pant size or something um so and then it shows you images of pe people who share that in common with you so mm -hmm. um it's a way of doing a trick it's a neat trick um and i use it all the time because i see other people and especially other women through a lens that i don't see myself through my own lens is like warped and cracked but I, see, uh -huh. I seem to see, like, other women clearly. So I take advantage yeah. of that. So then I'm looking at these images, naked images of um, – I think they're mostly mostly naked images of um, – or maybe some of them have clothes um, – people who are just um, hanging out. Like take, so it's mostly selfies in people's bedrooms. Yeah. And then when I look at them, I think, like, oh, they look, they look fine. Like, they look great. Yeah. And um, yeah. so I love that. And – uh, I'll mess with it, the parameters, to just like look at a whole bunch of bodies also. But um, mm. particular to look at myself, I find it very therapeutic. And even in particular, I know that this website sounds so ridiculous. It's called 007b.com. <laughs> I like literally had to go look it up. I, f I feel like I maybe sent it to you before, Sarah. I can't remember. It's like some other friend, some other good friend. <laughs> it's a gallery of breasts, different types of breasts. Um, and the purpose of it is to be like desexualized yeah. so they're just basically pictures from like the belly button up like to mm -hmm. the chin and just a variety <laughs> just like all the variety you can imagine a real smorgasbord if you will and I like looking at that too because then I feel like so normal in contrast to feeling weird or like I should um want to change in particular like the shape of my body in that yeah. way um I feel like really normal and great yeah. and great 
so um, those are two websites I loved. 007B. I like laughed at that today. I don't know the, when this website is from, like 90s maybe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's, I th- yeah, that's definitely a less intense way than going and visiting a nudist colony, which may be a, lo- a little bit more intense and a little more difficult. Because also there's like background checks. You can't just like walk into a nudist colony, mm, 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 you know, mm. uh, uh, for for this. But um, I do recommend trying to get the experience, either through a public bath setting or a nudist colony. But what I found about the nudist colony that really helped, it was, like, the length of time. And it I wasn't there more than, like, two days. But it was... I felt a different sort of relief. I think I had been to a public bath before with other women or, like, a locker room setting, like you said. And that didn't have the same healing power as, like, wow. sitting with the nudity for longer. Wow. <laughs> that seemed that seemed to really help in a way that just was I don't know different. It's the same like they have this thing called primal scream at Harvard. <gasps> primal scream. You know, do you remember uh, that? Yes, of course yeah. I remember primal scream. Yeah. Right, right. Uh where the undergrads run around Harvard Yard naked uh on midnight the day before exams. Uh <laughs> and and you, you know, I can't remember. I think it was Nick Stone who said like the frame rate of naked bodies per <laughs> second it, like out you know, out competes your frame rate. rate of your eye. So you it's just like you can't it becomes like one blur yeah, of actually. nakedness and and that's kind of true. And again, like I don't get this I didn't get the same sort of relief from my own body image hang ups from something like that of just like seeing kind of for a short period of time, like a few minutes, you know, uh a bunch of a bunch of nakedness. It was really like sitting with it for a few days and and being naked and seeing other people of all different ages and 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 whatnot that really was helpful. That's cool, Sarah. But yeah, I recommend, I mean, obviously I want to, like, I'm going to go to both of those websites too. They sound amazing. And I think we can always use top-ups because body image is so intractable and, and the issues we have around it can be so pervasive and longstanding that they're really resistant to to being yeah. solved in, in a short period of time. And And so it's something I think we need to just be more honest with each other about and, and with our friends, start with our close friends and, and expand that circle. Cause the more that I've talked about it in the last year, the more I realize that everyone I know has something in this regard. And it's, and it's always so surprising to me because I would never have thought that. Truly. Know. There's a whole other flip side, I think of finding relief from body image issues, which is to not try to solve the problem or experience relief with thoughts, but rather to employ the body itself right. to experience relief. So that can mean a lot of things. For me, I find relief, maybe paradoxically, I find relief from a lot of body image issues if I've been doing like a lot of meditating um, or I'll like incorporate that practice when I'm when these feelings are like really happening a lot or they're kind of like flaring up um Mm -hmm. and or um I also do a practice of like baths um so like especially Mm -hmm. if I'm cranky at my body and I like really don't like its shape then I employ this opposite action strategy where I'm like well time to Mm -hmm. be like extra nice to it Mm -hmm. and then I try to focus on the sensations of the body rather than being carried away with my thoughts and I heard a really good just a general like analogy for being present and that mm-hmm. that like concept of being present and being present in time and being present within one's body I think are very intimately linked the um description was of being in 
like a garden. And usually when we see a bird in, in daily practice, we like get in our car and like race after the bird <laughs> in like mm-hmm. the, in the realm of thoughts. Or if we don't like the thought, if it's like an interesting thought, mm-hmm. we'll just like get in our car and like race after the bird or like, <laughs> and like forget what we were doing, drop the trowel and like run to the car. And, or we don't like the thought. So we'll like run in the house <laughs> or the, the yeah. bird like reminds us of something. So instead um, of you would just stay where you're at and think like, oh, there's a bird, you know? Um, yeah. So I work on that practice too. So I'll be sitting, right. doing like a body scan, listening to my breathing also is like another piece of my meditation practice. Um, and I'll think to myself, boy, I'm noticing, I feel, um, antipathy, you know, toward it, or I'm, I'm angry at it. That's interesting. So it's a way of, um, being, being present Mm. too. Um, so not solving a problem related to the body with the head, but rather using the body itself to experience relief. And the physical pleasure of just, like, being in a bath, too. I'm just like, wow, mm-hmm. this body's great. It, like, helps me feel so good <laughs> and <laughs> calm and happy. I think I, I found, for me, that when I have body image thoughts or, or problems, it is really difficult. For me, I think the single most effective way that I found relief is through talking about it with someone. Yeah. Because again, like the light of the light of honesty, it just kind of withers that shame withers under it. You know, when you have a spotlight, sunshine on it. is the best and disinfectant. It is. And, and, and just hearing, cause, cause it kind of gets reflected back at you. Cause when I say I hate my profile, like Sarah laughs and I realize somewhere <laughs> deep down inside that I'm probably being a little ridiculous, <laughs> you know, and that my profile is fine. <laughs> 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 Yeah, I don't know. It's, I found that to be really effective is just talking about it to people or being honest about it rather than just trying to like hide and feel like, oh, you know, I need to try to cover it up. And because it is like we cover up our body, what we don't like tangibly with clothes, you know, to minimize or enhance what, what we don't like or like. And, and I think it's, uh, then we're kind of through our whole lives, we're actively trying to hide ourselves to the world in some way or to like present this curated image of ourselves and then and then to just be honest both you know if you can in like a a nudist colony at some point experience but also if you can't because you're like you know living in the real you know not the you know like everywhere's the real world but you know what I mean (laughs) you know you're you're at like you know your university you're at your university where you can't just like you know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like just be honest with people about about it close friends like people that you trust um because i think yeah the getting those thoughts reflected back and when people are like oh come on sarah you know uh i think you're beautiful it does help it does like the stain is really intractable but it does help to hear that over and over again and yeah i the other thing i found really helpful actually is and I wanted to mention it for, for listeners, is I had, like, this kind of um, persistent, hor- like, cyclical uh, adult acne situation going on that really bothered me. And let me tell you, once I just got it treated by going to the doctor and they gave Accutane for it, which was never offered to me before, and then once I took it, it really helped my body image wow. as well. Like, just that... Um, you know, actually going through like a higher level of treatment for it, 
it was a pain for like six months or whatever that the, the course of the medicine is, but then it's like gone. And it's like, for most people, it cures it forever. And I feel like I wish more people knew about this because I see a lot of, uh, it's, it affects about 25% of people in their 20s and 30s. And it's, why isn't this more widely known? And it really helped a lot with my body image and just feeling like more comfortable in myself because like then I felt like these blemishes and flaws that everyone struggles with at some point in their life but if you have them into persisting into adulthood can be a real real drag on your on your self-image uh that was just another thing that I'd recommend people look into because it had not been suggested to me until I really pushed the issue with a dermatologist it's really timely that you say that Sarah because there was a piece in the New York Times just a couple of days ago about the link between um, acne and depression. Very strong link. Mm. Um, yeah. So like a very explicit link made there in a peer-reviewed way between the outside of a person's appearance and mental health. Yeah. You know, like really, really yeah. persistent and serious. So like what you're speaking to, on the contrary, like isn't, isn't a light issue. Um, it's a real serious yeah. thing linked to mental health outcomes. It is, and actually, that was what the dermatologist told me when I finally came to the the person I saw here. Is you know he said he thinks it's important to treat because of the mental health aspect too. And I hadn't really thought of it this way, but it really like after having gone through the treatment, it, I just felt so different. And and that was it was like this weight that had always kind of been there on me. And mine wasn't terribly bad. In fact, a lot of people were like, what are you talking about, Sarah? I never noticed it. But like, I noticed it. And you know, it was but I would use like clothes or whatever mm-hmm. to, to cover it up. Like I would never wear low back, mm-hmm. back things or, or whatnot. And, and I always had this mark on how I viewed myself. And, and it was frustrating, because it would like come and go. Because like I said, for mine, it was like definitely like hormonally linked with like my uh, monthly cycle. So that was, I know that's not like a, what is it? It'd be nice if we could all just be purely happy in, in, in the bodies we have as they are. But uh, it's also good to know that there are some things you can do, you know, and, and especially with the acne, it can be very frustrating. Let me so. ask you something, Sarah. Um, mm-hmm. So I think there's a piece of body image stuff, like consideration of body image stuff with respect to other women that I really don't like, and it's the following. And I want to know what you think about it. I think there's often a way that women bond with each other by talking about how they don't like their bodies. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. it's like, it's almost a way of connecting. Mm-hmm. And certainly it seems like a desire for something, like whether connection or no. So mm-hmm. like complaining about one's body in the company of other mm-hmm. women, I think is, um, I just feel like the personal is political. You know what I mean? Like there's a way of complaining about one's body where there's like a particular set of rules. Like I'll give an example when I realized this um, in my own life. And it was when I was talking with a friend and I was in graduate school and she has much smaller breasts than me. And I was saying, Mm -hmm. I wish that I had your body because you can wear anything. Mm -hmm. You can like wear all these cool kinds Mm -hmm. of dresses. You never have to worry about like the right bra. (laughs) Just like I imagined her just floating through life as an ethereal being and like not being literally weighed down. And she was like, um, that's funny because sometimes I, I've wanted larger breasts, like not as large as yours, but like larger. And mm-hmm. that wounded me. I was wounded. Okay. Yeah. So then I like talked about yeah. it in therapy. 
And I yeah. thought about the what had happened. So right. it wasn't just that. I felt like she had broken the rules in some way. And okay, yeah. so then like, yeah. what are the rules? I have yeah. to be allowed to complain about my body in such a way that it's like received properly. And like the other person yeah. can complain about themselves, but not like in a way that's critical toward me. Okay, so it just uh, right. illuminated for me that there's this entire subterranean landscape of like how we talk right. about bodies as a way of interacting with one another and like establishing intimacy. A, like, so what do right. you think of that? Have yeah. you noticed that? Uh, well, first, what I want to say before that is, yes, your neck is truly horrible. <laughs> How dare you? No, I mean, that's, yeah, no, of course, that's, the, that's, that's, I mean, it's, it's surprising to me because, so yeah, you and I have complained about our own bodies uh, to each other, you know, so as you're saying this, I'm like, but we do this all the time, hence the whole yeah, podcast. Um but we, we, as to my knowledge, have never crossed that line of being like, oh yeah, but but really, your neck, I would never, I would never want your neck, yes. you know, because so I think we break <laughs> and that, that is, pattern. That's the I think, rule. I don't think we hmm? adhere to this pattern, which is just yeah. complaining about one's body without intervention, like as a means of right. just kind of connecting. I don't think we do that because right. here's how it goes um, with you and with like other women friends too. I would say with you, I'm much more like mindful about it. I think you're like much more aware of what you're doing when you do it. And you wouldn't just say to me like, Oh, I look so fat today. Do you think I look fat in this? That's right. like not uh, yeah. a typical Sarah R line in my mind. You might no. say I'm having yeah. real body image issues today. <laughs> That's like way more Sarah R line. And then I would say, um, how silly that seems to me. I think you look gorgeous. Okay, yeah, so that's yeah, like a very yeah. different. Okay, so then take this other style of interaction, which I think yeah. used to happen for certainly for me a lot more commonly in my 20s, which mm-hmm. is like, I look so fat in this, or I like look mm-hmm. like shit today. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, from, from women who are like very close to me. Um, and yeah. so I've taken the tack of saying like, I think you look great. You know, I just yeah. like won't even engage. Yeah. Um, so I won't say yeah. like, well, have you thought about working out or some like variety of things that you're like supposed <laughs> yeah. to say? Yeah. And, you know, um, instead I'll just stick to stick to the line of, I think yeah. you look incredible. I always think you look great. You know, like, Oh, maybe mm. if I lost 10 pounds, I'd look great. No, I think you look great today. I think you look great as you are. Yeah. yeah. Et cetera. So that's like how I grapple with it now. It, it happens all the time. I would say this happens like several times a week with like different women, almost always mm. younger than me. I think, you know, the thoughts that I have on it are that typically, yeah, the interaction can go one of two ways. One, it can be very affirming, you know, if it's something like between between you and I, I I've always found it very affirming. Uh, but I had another experience recently where um, a friend uh, told me, what, what was the exact quote? Something like, did your breasts get bigger? They're huge. <laughs> and I was, Someone said I was like, that's so funny. And I mean, if you knew me, I mean, readers, not to get personal, but I just don't have that large of breasts. I mean, it's like not, it, it was laughable because it was so ridiculous, you know? And, and, and I was like, oh, and then I realized I had like kind of a bra that had some extra padding because again, I don't have that oh large gosh, of breasts yeah. like normally. And I was like, oh, I have a padded, I have a padded bra on and that's probably what you're seeing and then she was like okay and then the next day she saw me again like this is my normal bra and she was like they're still huge and I was like what is like this woman? you know is this necessary <laughs> this is, this is this necessary do we need to talk this about sounds like, like a how, this sounds like, like a comedic sketch 
This person sounds I know, it, it was, and I just was really like, I don't understand what's happening here. <laughs> <laughs> because it's laughable, because I also just objectively in the world of breasts do not have large Do you want to like, get into it with her and be like, listen, show her like a, a histogram? <laughs> I know. It's like I'm on the like small side of the histogram. And I just, it was, so it was funny because like that didn't hurt me. Because it was so laughably yeah, wrong, yeah, yeah. you know, right. in the sense of like, this is just not, it's a similarly, I mean, segue, but someone once told me, oh, Sarah, you're like, yeah, you just always, you don't have that much energy. And I'm like, have you met me? Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I'm one of the most energetic like people I know. A real swing and a miss. Like, they don't even, it's not even a foul. <laughs> they just like whiffed. It's like... <laughs> about you know and so it was funny because it didn't hurt because I was like this is just not true you know on so many levels but at the same time that does happen like that interaction of of like sometimes between women where we need to like comment on the other person's body to I think it's a real like thread of you know some people might find it a way to boost themselves Mm -hmm. you know it's like kind of this um it's, I don't know, it's like the shame trigger where you can push someone down to lift yourself up and it just hurts everyone Truly. involved. You know, it's it's a horrible way to do it, but we, without being mindful of it, can can do that in our in our lives, you know, yes. and that, um, and it, it's horrible because like, yeah, it doesn't make the other person feel good, obviously, and it doesn't help you either, you know. How does it help to put down a female friend about something that, or any friend, you know, but I'll make uh, a, as we're talking about these body image issues, it's really, yeah, I don't, I don't understand, but it, I have seen it in action. I'll make a wild proposal, a Jonathan Swift style, modest proposal. Um, I made it the other night in our, in our house and it went over, I would say very mixed. I think that just, uh, so I'll, I'll state the premise and then you tell me where it's too extreme. I think generally speaking, <laughs> Um, with with few exceptions, maybe of like very intimate friends, previous history, etc. We should not don't comment on the shape of someone's body. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. end end of yeah. the statement. So I think um, don't comment on a person's body. So I think that mm-hmm. goes too for this like whole thread of also being in a particularly gendered body in a scientific space. It matters because of the way people sexualize you and make comments about you, yeah. which is just like also just mm-hmm. a piece of existing in the world mm-hmm. um, when you're not cisgendered male. And maybe even if you are, too, um, mm-hmm. which is that people say things all the time that you're just like, that makes me so uncomfortable. Like, why would you say that? And it, it's meant as a compliment. Remember, Sarah, like the chair of our department yeah. at Harvard yeah. was like, you've yeah. lost a lot of yeah. weight. Is something wrong? You know, and I was just like, how much time do you have? How much time do you have? Yes, I've lost all this weight. I've been in like a major mental health crisis, comma, gym. You know what I mean? Like, like, do we really need to go into it in like this public site? It's just like, don't do it. Okay, so I'm going to, I'm going to say that that's the rule. Like maybe with some exceptions. Okay, well, you feel compelled, compelled to comment upon a person's appearance than say, you look so stylish today, you know? Yeah, your, yeah, your makeup looks great today. Do you know what I mean? Just stick stick yeah. to the, <laughs> um, and, and, and you know the the rule um, of not saying anything nice if you don't have anything to say at all applies here. But also, if you have something to say that you feel is quote unquote nice, such as 
boy, you look like you usually have no breasts. Your breasts look huge today. <laughs> like this example of this woman talking to Sarah, she probably thought it was a compliment. And yet it's just like, I needn't, I, I have no need to like hear that. Like to the contrary, like I'd just rather not deal with this. So I, I fully agree with you, Sarah. I think that especially in a professional context, this is even more true. Like just don't, if it when in doubt, don't bring up the other person's appearance, but it, even in personal friend relationships, it really depends on the strength of the relationship. So, you know, if I comment on, Sarah, I think you look great today. You look like a million bucks, which I say a lot, especially when you're doing all these fantastic, you know, L'Oreal photo shoots and, you know, you're on the covers of magazines and I'm like, you look so beautiful. I can't you're even look like away from comment, you. You're always like the first comment, the first comment. Like, it's like a long like... comment too. <laughs> Because I'm just blown away by your attractiveness. And and I feel <laughs> I feel like we don't take enough opportunities. I would say this extends not just to only body image things, but to other things too. Like, why do we withhold compliments from people? Why? You know, like we think that they quote unquote already know this. No, tell them. You know, I mean it's just we life is too short. But anyway. With an intimate friend um, for sure. For, with an intimate friend for sure. Yeah. And, and I think, so yeah, of course, I think the comment depends on the strength of the relationship to uphold it. And I think the same goes for, you know, um, sharing vulnerable stories or sharing vulnerability about our own body image issues. You know, if I go into like the department and, and I sit down and I say, oh, I'm so fat today or whatever, like, what do you expect people to respond to that? You know, that's like, it's, it's a, that's also not appropriately weighting the situation. Uh, and, and so, yeah, so I think, you know, when in doubt, uh, you know, the common gems of the world should, you know, not... <laughs> like, keep it to yourself. Like, keep it to yourself. Yeah, just keep it to yourself because you don't know what's behind that. And, and yeah, in, the, in this case, you know, with, the, with your situation, that weight loss had come at a real mental cost. And it wasn't, you know, you don't want to just sit and talk about that in coffee hour or yeah, whatever what it was that was comment. happening. Also, like... You, have you lost weight? Like, was something wrong also? It's just, I yeah. feel like keep it to yourself, Jim. Like, if this podcast ever has merch, <laughs> if we ever have t-shirts, to, like, keep it to yourself, Jim. <laughs> it's really, it's, yeah, it's, it, it's just not an appropriate comment no, to make, and especially in a professional context. But also, yeah, like, I mean, I would say the same goes between friends, like, be aware that your words can have damage, you know, to that person. Um, you know, with me and my silly story with, with the friend, it didn't hurt because like I said, it was laughable to me and in, in its absurdity, but if it was closer to truth, if it was closer to truth, if it was maybe about, yeah, maybe back when I had like more, more, um, you know, acne before I'd done that treatment, if someone had brought up that a close friend, and said, "Oh yeah, I'm you know, I mean, your 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 face is beautiful, but I'm glad I don't have you know your acne." I would be like, "Thanks, thanks, person <laughs> who is who is now less of a friend, you know." And and so I do think we need thanks, to be careful of that. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, on the other hand, I will say one thing that I've also found. I think you brought up you know when people because weight does come into this, and and I have my own struggles with weight in the, my view of myself. I have. This long-standing, the thing that I don't like about myself the most is what I call my pooch. It's like this five pounds that I carry on my okay. belly. It is something that I 
It is, you have not no, heard about this? No, it has like been a standard Sarah R. presence since I was like 14 years old or okay. whatever, 16 okay. years old. I do not like it. And it's the thing that I think is most unattractive about me as like a body. I'll you tolerate know? you speaking and... about this because you tolerate me speaking about my neck. I'm like barely tolerating it. Go ahead. <laughs> and it really bothers me. And, and I think, you know, when I've had conversations uh, about it, well, kind of at the same time, talking with people, like again, close friends where the relationship can bear that, where I've talked about things um, to do with weight, it has been also helpful. For example, when I first uh, realized that becoming 30 means that metabolism has slowed mm-hmm. down and like I would need to change my eating habits. That was like a, an epiphany to me because it just like before I had just basically maintained the same weight, including this pooch, which I don't like my entire okay. life. And then all of a sudden I gained like 15 pounds in a year and, and I couldn't get rid of it. And I was really surprised and having some conversations with, uh, in particular on strategies that came from my mentor and from some other women in my life. And that was really helpful. And that, and I changed some of my habits and, and then I went back to my, uh, typical weight. So I would say, you know, I have found like realistic conversations with people to also be really instructive, but the weight of the relationship needs to bear such a, a vulnerable conversation, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You need the structure in place already. I think that's a really good point, Sarah. Um, do you want to close with some resources? I wrote down these Instagram accounts that I follow. I mean, my resources, go find your okay. nearest so nudist Sarah, colony. Sarah's I'm not sure that that's not a website. Colony. Google nudist colony. That's Sarah's. <laughs> <laughs> that's Sarah R's recommendation. Um, or public baths. Public, public baths, baths, too. If you go to Japan, go to the public baths. It's very, very you know, it's helpful. It's true. Yeah. It's true. So I'll uh, close with mentioning some of the Instagram accounts that I follow um, and why. So the first one is Body Posi Panda. No spaces, posy, like positive, body posy panda. Um, so this woman, Megan Crab, I think is her name. She is like a body positive activist, but she often posts videos of herself just like dancing in her underwear. But like not just dancing, she's like rocking out. Uh, and she's like a very good dancer. Okay, so and she just, her face is like lit up with joy and she's just like shaking it. You know what I mean? So it's like, I love watching those videos. They like never fail to put a smile on my face. And I really like her vibe. Okay, I Am Jessamine is another one that I follow. Jessamine, um, J-E-S-S-A-M-Y-N. So this is a woman who Mm -hmm. is like a, she has a podcast now called like Jessamine Explains It All, I think too. But she's a body positive activist and like a yoga instructor. And she has like a very different body from how we imagine Mm -hmm. yoga instructors look. First of all, she has a black body. Second of all, she has a fat mm-hmm. body. These are like mm-hmm. bodies that we don't usually associate with doing yoga. And like, she, but she's doing poses I never could do, never. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, this woman is so strong. And it's cool. It's mm-hmm. cool to see images of mm-hmm. her like being super strong and just like looking great. You know what I mean? Doing it, looking great, doing it. Okay. And then the third, we haven't really talked about disability that much, but mm-hmm. uh, in particular, when we talk about body positivity and like, I mean, this. I won't pretend that this is like an exhaustive discussion of the way people interact with mm. their bodies in the world. Um, we're, we're just touching on some of the stuff, especially as it bears upon us. But um, this woman, the, the feeding of the fox is her name. Um, mm. So she has like a feeding tube, I think, or maybe it's like a stoma. Mm. 
because mm-hmm. of yeah. chronic pain and disability. And she also posts images, nude images of herself and mm-hmm. talks a lot about how she relates to her body in the intersection there with mental health and eating disorders. Mm-hmm. And I also really like that's a body I like very rarely see um, because mm-hmm. there's all kinds of apparatuses for her to live. Mm-hmm. And yet that's like part of her naked body, you know. So yeah. those are three that I like very highly recommend in addition to mybodygallery.com and 007b.com forward slash breast underscore gallery.php. <laughs> so we'll link to that. The best, the best website uh, URL ever. So we'll link to that. Um, do you have anything else you want to say, Sarah? No, um, just that I think, I hope that people found this instructive and to really start having some honest conversations with your friends if this is something that has come up for you because I really found that to be helpful over the last little bit. And yeah, I don't know. I think we just yeah, need to have kind of a bigger conversation about this in our I love that, Sarah. You know, world, yeah. you know. I feel the same way. Um, I think... I think we have this conversation, it's starting to happen. You know, you have these campaigns, like these beauty campaigns, other, other like national conversations, but for somehow it just never really impacted me. I still, you know, and I think it's like what you said. It's like, I can view other people as beautiful, but I have a hard time viewing myself as beautiful. And I feel like these nationwide campaigns on body positive has really helped open that conversation but I still, you know, struggle with it internally. And I think that's where talking with people and, and trying to go to these resources that Sarah's mentioning and, and whatnot can hopefully help with it. Thanks, Sarah. Um, let's go ahead and close there. So we'll post all the links that we've been talking about today to our Tumblr, which is Dr. Sarah Care, DRS. S-A-R-A-H care uh, dot tumblr dot com or you can follow us on Twitter although I like really don't tweet as much because Sarah R in a, <laughs> as discussed in a previous episode has like assumed control <laughs> over that aspect of my life but we are on Twitter and we tweet sometimes and that's Dr. Sarah Care uh, on Twitter and um, remember that you can uh, rate the podcast and, subs- and subscribe to it and like um, leave us a review we, we get reviews sometimes it like blows our actual mind when we get a review, like we get um, letters sometimes. We get very excited. Yeah, we get like we letters. We get very excited. We we love your emails. Yeah. We love your we letters. We love them. Like we love even your if postings. we don't respond, even if it, I Sarah Ballard like hardly ever respond to like anything. Um, as as Sarah R knows. If you want an email response, definitely email <laughs> yeah, Sarah email, R. You'll email get Sarah one R. from Sarah. R. But we read them. But we read them. And, um, we read them. And so um, I'll I'll close there. And and thank you so much for listening. So I've been Sarah B. And I am Sarah R. And this has been Self-Care with Dr. Sarah.